Okay. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 62 of Buds and Blue Jays. I'm your host, Jesse Burrell, and I am joined by my co-host, Riley McConnell. And Riley, at least for the time being, we have more episodes of Buds and Blue Jays than Aaron Judge has home runs on this season. But we'll get to that as we go here. we got a lot to talk about on the episode today. we got to talk playoffs, Riley. Yes, our Blue Jays are going to the playoffs. They've clinched this afternoon, which is awesome. And we'll touch on some of the big player performances of the series against New York. Um, and make, but first, make sure you give this video a like, leave us a good review, and you share on those podcast streaming platforms. But Riley, we did it. The Blue Jays officially clinched their playoff spot. We're playoff bound for the fourth time in the last eight seasons and the first time in a full season since 2016. It's time to celebrate, baby. I think all the stats go out the window, man. Like, mm -hmm. we're in. No matter how we got here, we're here. You can kindly, I, I like the champagne. You can have some fun. Take a deep breath, Jesse. Maybe rest some starters even. Like, let's see. I'm geared up for playoff baseball, as you know. Um, the Buds are going to the playoffs. Sure yes, are. Jesse and I are sure going are, to. Yeah. We're going to the Dome to watch the playoff ball. Man, it's exciting. I mean, the Jays, as of recent history, have had some very good ball clubs um, going back to 2015 and even 2016. But this team we have right now is a special group of guys, and I think that it's a deadly group of guys. And if we got on a roll, Jesse, we could do some dangerous things against mm -hmm. some really good ball clubs. Because let's be real, there's some tough competition in these in these postseason playoffs. But I think we got the team for it. I really do. do I'm so geared up for it. I'm so ready to go. I'm so glad we clinched. Finally, you could kind of take a deep breath. It feels good, man. Riley, we still have a lot to play for, though. There are six games left in the regular season. The Blue Jays, currently as things stand, we have a record of 87 and 69, and we have six games left. We have three against Baltimore, three against Boston. Now, like I said, we want to make sure we get that top wild card spot, one, for our own reasons, so we can go to the Dome and we can see the games. But it's the best. Like, statistically speaking, home field advantage is a huge thing, and we don't want to go to the Trop. We don't want to fly to the West Coast to Seattle. We want to make sure those games are home. So with six games left in the year, here's how things kind of shake up with the teams around us. I mentioned who the Jays play in their six games. Tampa has three against Houston and three against Boston. Seattle has um, seven games left. They have three against Oakland and four against Detroit. So... Still a lot to go for here, Riley. I asked you last episode. I'm going to ask you again. Who do you want to see in the playoffs here? And what's your expectations? Do you think that's going to happen? I want us to seal the first wild card spot, and I mm -hmm. think that's where we're going to sit. And that should leave us against the Guardians. And I think well, that no, going into Guardians, that matchup would The be... Guardians would be only if we come six because they won the AL Central. So it's going to be either Seattle or okay, Seattle most so likely. Okay, okay. Sorry, I got my numbers mixed up there. You're right. So um, I'm almost glad because Cleveland's on a roll right now. So that eliminates mm -hmm. that in my head right there. I think that home field against the Rays might be one of our biggest like that's that's a huge chance for us we could explode on the race there i feel like seattle's a funny team they can do things but i still want no matter who we're playing man i don't think it matters i was worried about the guardians because i i, I know not a lot of people watch the al central but they're on an absolute tear right mm -hmm. now and the blue jays we're also on a little bit of a tear hiccup against the yankees whatever but we're gonna do some crazy damage against the last two teams we play before we touch up into the playoffs and i just want home field it's 
more home field is more important than who we play against, man. But I think that if we have home field against the Rays, we're going to do just fine. In a perfect world, too, I want to clinch home field in the top wildcard spot before the last day of the regular season. Therefore, we don't have to use Alec Manoa at the regular season end. We can save him for game one of the playoffs. And realistically speaking, Riley, if the Jays go, say, 4-2, and two, so say they win both these series here against Baltimore and Tampa Bay, they're going to finish with 91 wins. The same amount of total they had last year where they just missed the playoffs. But in order for one of these other teams to pass us, Tampa is going to have to go 6-1 and one against Houston and Boston. And Seattle's going to have to go 7-1 and one against those poor teams. So the Blue Jays just need to take care of business. There's still a lot to play for in these two series. I don't want to see them resting players. I still want to see them give their full go to secure the top spot in this wild card spot. I'll have to agree with you on that one, man. That's still a lot of work to be done. We've clinched in the playoffs, and I feel like no matter what, Jesse, that's the most important thing. Yes. That was our goal. I feel like anything short of a playoff appearance this this year is an absolute bust. Wild card division winner doesn't matter which one. Like we've accomplished what we needed to do with this ball team. Mm -hmm. We're in a very good division um, with with a lot of like Baltimore, sneaky good team. The Mariners being up there in in a wild card spot is remarkable as well. You know, we played against a lot of good ball clubs this year and home field is another important one especially if we're playing Tampa because so the story goes I hear a winning percentage isn't too good in the trop yes and yes it's so not <laughs> I want to see what the matchups are but obviously we won't know for another you know at least another five six seven days but that's that's just how it goes Jesse but what I think we'll throw everything in the kitchen sink at him if we have to man all right, Riley, there are two series left, like we mentioned. Obviously, we want to win these series, but what do you want to see out of this Blue Jays team in this last week of the regular season before things go into the playoffs? Me personally, I want to see them play good defense, pitch well, and make the right mental decisions because in the playoffs, every mistake you make is going to be amplified that much more. So we need to make sure the Blue Jays are doing the mental things right, and I want to see signs of that in these last two series going into the playoffs. Yeah. I agree, man. It's got to be, we got to be on our game offensively, defensively, and the pitching, pitching's got to be tidied up a little bit. That's I can't see it being yeah. neatened up a whole lot more, but it's, it's something's got to happen for us to advance in the playoffs, whether that's Barrios going on an absolute tear, whether that's Kikuchi being a huge X factor, mm. because man, we already know that Gosman and Manoa are going to bring the heat no matter what strips there. He's done amazing this year, but there's also, there's a couple outliers, man. And there's a couple of strong arms in our bullpen right now. I think that are going to be key. We got mm -hmm. if if guys aren't playing, don't play them. But we got to play our best players in crunch time, man. I mean, I look, Jesse. I like that the idea of of playing guys and securing that spot. But if there's a day of rest for a possible guy, I mean, I'll take that any day. I hate risking injuries. Of course, you want to rest Manoa for the for uh, game one or whatever it is, mm -hmm. man. But I don't want an injury at this point in the year to one of our superstar players would be oh, absolutely horrifying. It would yeah. be hor It would be catastrophic, man. So I'm a. I like to be safe as far as the last few games of the right spring training for sure. That's number one. But once you're in the playoffs. Like, I feel like for us, the wins will come no matter what. Obviously, we do want to finish with a record such as you said, four and two. That would be lovely. Mm -hmm. And I think that's an achievable thing. Even if uh, Vladdy sits out for a game, Teo sits out for a game, whatever it's going to take, I think we're going to be fine no matter what. I think things will just kind of work out statistically. I think 91 wins is a very fair. I guess we're just going to have on a lot of boards. 
I guess we're just going to have to but go yeah. out and sweep the Boston Red Sox then. Cause I think if uh, that wants to ease some pain off our shoulders to make sure we get it and to make sure we have that opportunity to rest guys in Baltimore, if the Jays want to go that route, a sweep of the Red Sox is just going to make that that much easier. I'd... I think you're cutting in and out here, man. Well, that's all right. We got to move on here. Um, the Blue Jays did just play a series against the New York Yankees. We should probably touch on that series. There was a lot of big things that happened there. A lot to get through. I'll go through the game recaps here while Riley gets his uh, connection sorted back up here. But game one, the Blue Jays won this game 3-2 to two in 10 innings. Jays gave up two runs early, but they were able to tie it on a Teoscar Hernandez double that just missed going over the fence for a grand slam. Jordan Romano, Jimmy Garcia, Tim Meza were amazing out of the pen to shut things down. And Vladdy had his walk-off single, his third of the year to win the game. Game two, the Jays lost this game 5-2. to two. The Jays got off to a good start with the George Springer home run top of first. The Jays' uh, base running and defense were quite atrocious in this game. It really let them down. Jose Barrios gave up five earned runs in his five and a third innings pitch. And the New York Yankees, with that win, clinched the AL East on Toronto soil. You hate to see that. And game three, the rubber match. The Jays lose this one 8-3. to three. Mitch White gave up three runs in the first. Jays were getting no hit by Garrett Cole until they scored three in the sixth. And then Aaron Judge hit home run number 61 off Tim Meza, and that was the go-ahead runs in that series. So, Riley, lots to talk about. Where do you want to go first? Well, I think it's, I think it was a good series. I, I think I called it, Jesse. I'll go again and say that I've done very good at predicting these yeah. series. You th I would have loved for a sweep. On our side, obviously, we didn't get swept, though. It was hard, man. I think I think we address the elephant in the room, which has been our opening day starter. Jose Barrios, yeah. Down. I want I, I want to I want to get the bad out of the way. Sure, let's do and it. And I want to I want to just I want to just go and say like honestly, I I feel bad for him at this point because mm -hmm. he is not that deep down he's not that kind of pitcher. He has had a horrific year and I'm with you Jesse. I don't think he ever truly bounces back to what his numbers were for the Minnesota Twins, but I don't think he's going to be this bad again. Uh, time and time again he's gone out and just blue starts for us and I think that's the reason we don't have um uh, the wins we do. Yeah, his win-loss record is positive, which is very hard to believe. He's getting amazing run support behind yeah, him. That's the thing. He, and defense, too. He really could have helped us out in, in some games where they were losses. But, um, yeah, Jose Brios got, got just teed up off of again. The strikeouts aren't there. The swings and misses aren't there. I mean, this is not, this is not the guy that I remember seeing for the Minnesota Twins in 2018-2019. And we certainly... Did not get any kind of version of that. Last year, he pitched great for us. Loved having him. He had an ERA right around three when he came to Toronto, and he kept that number for the rest of the year. And now he's got an ERA above 4.7. Don't think he's going to go, or I think it might be 4.8 now, but it's not uh, It's not pretty, dude. It's not pretty. 5.37 is the ERA for Jose Barrios now. Oh, so it went up last. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, oh, wow. And just looking at his season-long numbers, like there is reason to think, like, yes, he hasn't been good. Full stop. Jose Brios has not been good this year, but his ERA is at 5.37. If you look at his FIP, which is based on like the pitches he's making and his expected FIP, it's 4.19 right now, which is right about in line where his last two seasons in Minnesota was. So it makes you think he's gonna he's been a little bit unlucky. Now, you can look deeper at some of the numbers. His home run per fly ball rate is the highest it's been in his career. His strand percentage, like how many runners get on base and end up scoring, is the worst it's been in his career. His BABIP is also 
the worst it's been in his career. So there's numbers like that that think just regression to the mean is going to happen. But then you look at his numbers, his strikeouts are also the lowest they've ever been in his career. And his hard contact he's given up is also the highest in his career. So there's a little bit of up, a little bit of down from Jose Brios. I do, I'm kind of with you. I think probably around a four ERA guy is what he's going to be going forward. But in terms of this season, Riley, and for this playoffs, I just don't think you can let Jose Barrios start a game for you unless maybe we have a 3 nothing series lead and you run the chance that you want to throw him out there or something. But I don't think I want Jose Barrios seeing Diamond on the playoffs until we've seen that he can put it together. This is a guy who came into the league and I thought he was a for sure ace, whatever, whether that be the Minnesota Twins, he comes over here to Toronto. I thought he was a for sure ace. He was their opening day starter. I thought that's great. This kid's only going to get better. He's not that old. I think he's about 28, 28, 29 range right in what his prime would be. Um, he's gone out there and he's had a, a lackluster season, to say the least. Um, given up a boatload of home runs. I know the most in the American League, the most earned runs. He, le he leads the poor categories, right? Mm -hmm. And Jesse, mm -hmm. the stat you like, and it's the hard hit ball percentage. Like, he just gets teed up on way too way too much. That's the problem, like, he, yeah. he, he really, he's really getting hit around. And yeah, I agree, man. It's not, it's not that I don't like, I would love to say Jose Barrios go out there and start game three or game four for us or whatever part in the series that you need to do your job. And I'm sure he's going to get a playoff start, Jesse. He's gonna. And it's gonna be I hate it, but he's wild. Gonna. It's yeah. going to be wildly uncomfortable for everybody because mm -hmm. we know what could possibly happen. And he's not going against the Detroit Tigers team in, in the postseason. He's going up against teams that can hit around. And my concern is just that, Jesse, is he gives up seven runs over three and two-thirds or, or something like that. Like, just not good numbers, man. That's my concern with him. Jose Brios has only had one start all year where he hasn't given up a run, and he's only had three starts all year where he hasn't walked a batter. He's just been walks and hits like a story against Jose Brios. His three best starts on the year, Riley, were at home against Detroit, at home against Minnesota where he had the 13 strikeout game, and on the road against Detroit. Three kind of lackluster offenses there. So Jose Brios got even worse after the better pitchers, and there's all good teams in the playoffs, Riley, and I'm worried about Jose Brios, but... We'll talk about him a lot in the offseason here. He'll be one of the most interesting topics to get about. I want to talk about another thing the Blue Jays didn't do so well in this series, and that was run the bases, Riley. The Jays made a lot of blunders, and the thing that bothers me about this is a lot of it is mental issues or it's an issue with effort. And going into the playoffs where every game means so, so, so much, you cannot have stuff like this in the postseason. Like Bo Bichette's foot coming off second base, for example. Vladdy hitting a ball off the wall that he didn't hustle out of the backs that should have been an easy double. Even in game one, when Teoscar hit the bases clearing double, he pimped it out of the box because he thought he was gone. If the Yankees throw to second base, Teoscar Hernandez is out. And even Alejandro Kirk, who was the base runner on first base, also, now he's not fast to begin with, but he also like kind of just jogged kind of very fringely around the base. If they go to third base, Kirk is out on that play. So just stuff like that, needs to be cleaned up. We've seen um, John Schneider actually mentioned to Vladdy about his base running and apparently the teammates already got to him first. So the team knows that this base running effort is an issue and needs to be cleared up. And that's something I want to watch for in the series coming up against Boston. It's something that's as, as rudimentary and basic as base running, man. How that can change the complexity of a game. And it might not even be in, in, a, in a real key situation. But if you're getting thrown out running the bases, if you're not taking that extra base when clearly you should be, those are all percentage plays in baseball. That takes away possibly an RBI for a middle-of-the-order guy. You know, you're possibly taking away a, a, a double-play ball, right? If mm -hmm, the runner's mm -hmm. on second and not first, you know, the double-play is off. It's just little things like like that man and I feel like we have struggled guys like Bo Bichette and Kirk have 
both made mistakes on the base pass yeah. this year. I feel like this is not an uncommon thing for us. And it's 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 something that I didn't think we would be talking about as often, you know, three or four times this year. We've talked about poor base running because we really haven't talked about good base running um, on these pods. Like, we haven't really ex ran the bases exceptionally well because, Jesse, my theory is this. It's something that if you're doing it right, no one talks about it. Exactly. But as soon as you exactly. sc screw up, it's just it's one of those fundamental things that you got to get down. And, I mean, yeah, if, if it's – if take the manager out of the equation. If the players are talking about it, that's great. You know, if they can talk amongst each other – and. It, Listen, they're professional ball players. They know the mistakes they're making, but mm -hmm. it's about thinking. You got to keep your head in the game at all times, right? And you know what? That's kind of the downfall in that. I listen. It didn't really change the outcome of the series too much, in my opinion. I I just think that it's if if it did, I think it'd be we'd be leading off the episode with we're talking about a blunder that costed us a one run game. But here we are saying, well, it's just not good baseball, Jesse. Yeah, that's. I think what we're worried about is that it will linger over into the postseason and we'll lose a postseason game um, because of bad base running. But Riley, Fangraphs has a base running metric called BSR. And out of all the teams that have an above 500 record, the Dodgers are the best at running the bases. Should surprise nobody. They're really good at what they do. And the Blue Jays were dead last of teams above 500 in this base running metric. So it seems like an area the Blue Jays really could improve on. And I hope it does. <laughs> The number doesn't like really surprise me. I knew that we have been not good on the base pass this year, um, and it's like it's because you. When I look back on this year, I'll be able to recall three or four instances off the top of my head where a runner's been picked off or thrown out trying to attempt an extra bag, and those and you shouldn't be able to recall a lot of things like that. That's kind of a once a season player. Like, hey, remember back in this year when so and so made that bonehead move? Well, I feel like we've done that a handful of times, and I would like to see that not happen in postseason baseball when it really matters, dude. Because one run should feel like th three runs. And if a guy gets it thrown out at third or thrown out at second, we're just losing that runner in scoring position there. Mm -hmm. Which is dramatic. Like, you can't have that at all. Um, Riley, still lots to get to here. Let's talk about some of the positives, though. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. did get a walk-off hit, and he's running around the base after getting it. This is my house. This is my house. You like the passion here, and you can kind of feel like Vladdy has been pressing a little bit to really put stuff together because he knows how good of a hitter he can be, right? And so when he's trying to put stuff together, it um, – oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I don't know, but it feels like the pressure is on him here. Um, he went three for 13 in the series, which isn't great, but isn't bad. But all singles. Singles, Riley. We want some extra base pop here from Vladimir Guerrero. And that's coming off a series in Tampa where he was just two for 18 as well. So there's something to be said about being clutch for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. But he is our best hitter, and we need him to be better, frankly. And like we need him to almost single-handedly steal a series, hit a big home run, kind of like Bautista did in 2015, if we're going to win a playoff series here. I really like, let's go back to that walk-off hit. First of all, shout out to MLB for making silly rules up where we start a runner on second base. <laughs> That's really, it's really cool of you guys to do that. Second of all, I absolutely love the passion because it's a long time coming, man. I mean, there teams have a lot of big players. You see the judge in the, in the Yankees uniform and what's been going on there. And, um, 
like not to take anything away from like whatever he's accomplished when we're a Blue Jays podcast. So over here, so to see that we'll talk about our one win in the series against the probably like the best team in the American League, if not the second best. It depends how you rank the Houston Astros compared to them. But the Blue Jays are a team that we we love these moments and we haven't had a ton of them this year. And close to the playoffs, we're at the end of September and your big franchise player gets a walk off hit like that's pretty big stuff. Like, you feel the emotion. Vladdy was definitely, like, inner struggling as soon as he gets the hit. Mm-hmm. Runner comes home. Head first slide. I believe it was Biggio. It was, yeah. Bow flies, bow flies out of the dugout. You see all the guys. Like, it's just, it's good to see the camaraderie come out. It's good to see the positives. And, like, yeah, Vladdy needed that. He That's a confidence boost. I mean, the rest of the series, sure. He didn't show he could, you know, keep that he really didn't do anything else in the series other than that which is fine we did not hit well as a team in the series True. but the positive side was vlad jr came in and won us the ball game in extra innings that on itself is a plus because guess what now we're in the postseason so good for vladdy and i do feel like big more, more big moments are coming his way um, but it's just it's just been a, he's been on a little bit of a like a, a slow kick here. I think he's going to pick it up soon because we're going to need him to. That'll be something we want to see here that in the last week of the season is to see Vladdy start getting the bat going because he can single handedly win this team games. Another guy who's been a proven playoff performer, Riley, George Springer. Now, he also went two for 12 in this series, but he did it a home run to lead off game two. And it's good to see the power come back from George. He had a double dong in the last series against Baltimore. Uh, the big thing I've noticed from George Springer, too, is that he's really starting to hit breaking balls. Like through the month of July and August, he had a slugging percentage under 200 and a Woba even lower against them. And in the month of September, Riley, 815 slugging percentage and a 501 Woba on pitches with spin. That is the fifth best in all of baseball. So George Springer has made an adjustment on how pitchers are pitching him. And it's time for pitchers to adjust back. I expect another uh, another booming October from George Springer and uh, to help carry this team to some wins. George Springer is the guy that's going to come in as the elder statesman for us. He is the most playoff experience. He has won himself a ring. Doesn't World matter Series how you MVP look at it. I won't, I won't say anything about like the way he got the ring or whatever. But he has, <laughs> he has playoff experience. And that's something that this club has really none of their your young core a young group so to have george springer and i would say the elite power leadoff hitter that he is is the kind of guy you want in a playoff situation jesse if he comes into a game and leads off the game with a home run sets the I tone. Mean, that's right huge there, yeah. that that's it's, it's, it's gonna set the tone man and how many times have we seen george springer do that hint hint that's mm-hmm, something mm-hmm. george springer does man like he, he comes up he, you know, he he's not a too aggressive of a leadoff hitter. He takes the pitches he do the pitches he's hit on for breaking balls for power is also really good to see, man. Because I mean, you need your leadoff hitter to get hits for you or get on base. And George Springer has slowly kind of working his way back up. Yes, again, his average wasn't great for the series. However, still a lot of positives to take away from that. And heading into the playoffs. We'll pre-give him the thumbs up because oh, I love that. like I we're gonna I, I we need this guy in the postseason. We saw mm-hmm. how badly we did without him when he was injured all of 2020, whatever, whatever mm-hmm. that year was. Like we need Springer in the lineup. I think he's gonna have a great postseason. I think he's gonna play great against both Baltimore and Boston to clinch 
to finish out the year. But I think he's also going to have a great postseason as well. And I expect the power to remain, Jesse. I really do. Yeah, it's good that we've been able to see it over the last week to know that George Springer still got it and uh, he can carry us forward here. Riley, two bullpen pieces that just really struck out or struck out. <laughs> well, they've been doing a lot of striking out too, um, but have um, stuck out to me. And that's Anthony Bass and Adam Simber. Uh, Anthony Bass was the Blue Jays' best reliever in the Yankee series, which surprises me why he didn't come in to face Judge in Game 3, but whatever, that's besides the point. He pitched two and a third innings pitch, five strikeouts, only walked one guy, he didn't allow a hit. He's righted the ship since he gave up that home run in Tampa. And Adam Simber is another guy, Riley, who has quietly been amazing in the month of September. In fact, he's only allowed one earned run the whole month, and he's lowered his ERA from 334 to 290 in that span, and he is earning some high-leverage roles down the stretch from John Snyder. And these guys are going to be so important come postseason time. So it's good to see some of these guys on the back end of your bullpen performing like they should be. I think Bass has really resurrected his career. And he's definitely earned a spot in high leverage situations as he does pitch in high leverage situations and should. In these two remaining series, I think he'll be another important piece. But I'm going to say something. And I think even more of an important piece for the next Six regular season games for going into the playoffs. I think Adam Simber is going to be so important because he's a unique arm. Yeah. Um, his submarine style, low velocity sinker style, I think is really going to be good in a one inning situation. I think as of right now, if it's not Romano going into a game where a game is tied or something in the seventh, eighth inning, I think. Jesse, if I'm Snyder, I'm throwing Adam Simber in the first inning of that in hopes that the, in the bottom of the inning they get some runs. I really like what I've seen out of him, mm -hmm. and I feel like he can do well off of good hitters. Uh, the thing about Bass is I feel like he will give up hard contact. Yeah, Simber will give. Home run. Uh, yeah. He's, 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 you know, prone to the long ball. And I feel like Simber isn't like that. And against these teams, all, all the Yankees or whoever, the Guardians have been cranking them out. And we know, and we, the, the no names they got on the Rays, or I shouldn't say that they got a lot of good young talent as well. But those are teams that can put the ball out of the park. We've seen it happen, and I like Simber's chances against guys like those. And right, right-handed dominant orders as well for Adam Simber. I know, I know that um, the matchups obviously explain itself. Righty versus righty going to be better for Simber, but I feel like he really cuts down on um, on righties, anyways. All right, we have a lot to get to in a limited amount of time here. Let's talk about the other two starting pitchers who made starts in this series. Kevin Gosman, who probably will get one more start after this one before getting up for the postseason. He went six and a third innings pitch, six hits, two earned runs, one walk, seven strikeouts. That sounds like your typical Kevin Gosman line to me. But a big takeaway is he used his slider 30% of the time, which is the highest he's used his slider in a game this year. Getting that third pitch in there to go along with the fastball splitter seems like a good idea to me. And Mitch White, who went three and two-thirds, five hits, three earned runs, three walks, which is the big problem there, and only one strikeout. Uh, it's still just too many hits allowed, too many base runners, just not good enough for Mitch White. What are your thoughts on those guys? I have a t-shirt idea for and it's simple as this. It just says, Mitch White can't pitch right. A little bit of a rhyme time there. But damn, Jesse, Mitch White can't do anything right. I like You talk about Barrio stressing us out. And I, like, somewhere in my heart, I know you're big on Pearson. Somewhere in my heart, I'm like, it was a bad pitcher in baseball down the mm -hmm. stretch at some point. But I don't know what we got. I think, I think the Dodgers just got a huge monkey off their back. Because he has done absolutely his number since he came over from the National League have been atrocious. I don't even know what to say, Jesse. 
after because you kind of persuaded me last uh, last time we talked about it, you're like i don't think he's on a postseason roster and i'm thinking ah, yeah. he might be i think no, he might I get some appearances so. no i don't want him any near anywhere near the rubber man that's just terrible and what can you say about kevin gosman um i love this i love the slider mix in that's for me that's like ah let's just let's just see let's just get all the pitches working right mm-hmm. let's just let's just throw throw some guys up are you gonna throw the splitter no a little bit of slider jam him with the heat against the righties or whatever kevin gosman has looked great as per usual mitch white i said what i said (laughs) (laughs) that's great kevin gosman becomes only the second blue jay to get 200 strikeouts in his first season with the team the only other one roger clemens so that's a good uh comp to be taking no 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 kidding (laughs) honestly um i want to touch on bo bichette real quick here um in terms of we talked about his defense several times but in his defensive run saves over the course of his career he was good for five in 2019 zero in the covid shortened season two in 21 to negative 17 this year, Riley. And I think a lot of that is because of his arm. But, uh, you know, we don't have to talk about that here. But for the second year in a row, Riley, Bo Bichette leads the American League in hits. I'm not surprised. I don't know how we got there, to be honest with you. It's the amount mm-hmm. of at-bats. And when you're not, a lot of those hits, they could have they could have been walks. They really could have. I mean, he puts balls from out, outside of the zone, low in the zone, and he he flops them over the second baseman into right field for hits. I mean, we've seen, we know we know how he takes. There's no secret to how Bo Bichette's uh, his approach is at the plate. The fact that he gets hits is, I mean, it's kind of like the Pete Rose to Ricky Henderson. See, Ricky Henderson is second all-time in career walks. Not a lot of people know that. Hmm. But Mr. Henderson got a lot of hits, but he also drew a lot of walks. Pete Rose, obviously the all-time hit leader, was a guy who did not walk. Sort of like Bo Bichette. I can't recall any Pete Rose big clips in my head, but I'm guessing he was an aggressive hitter because it takes a lot of bat to ball to lead any like league division team in hits you got to be swinging and Bobachet is someone who swings out of his shoes or sometimes not and still makes pretty good contact so I'm honestly not surprised we finishes again in that category that says a lot about who Bobachet is as a ball player nonetheless defense but again offseason defense is another huge offseason topic that we'll get into but mm-hmm. for right now the way the way he hits the way you look at a season standpoint you can't really complain much about that we just need him to play good defense for about a three week stretch here in the playoffs if he does that the Blue Jays are going to be just fine. Um, some news and notes, Riley. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. is plans to run the bases on Friday, and Santiago Espinal has begun hitting off a tee. The Blue Jays' plan is to still get both of them back before the end of the season so they can get into some games for the playoffs, but it does sound like Gurriel might be back before Santiago Espinal. Uh, Gabriel Moreno was seen taking some ground balls at third base and could play there if there was an emergency basis. Um, Blue Jays fans ate over $50,000 hot dogs on Tuesday, making their final year-to-date total at $444,854 dogs sold on Tuesdays throughout the season. And Ross Atkins was asked about interim tag on John Schneider as the future manager of this Blue Jays team, and he said, quote, that's something they aren't worried about right now, but he's certainly a long-term fit. So I think we both expect to see John Schneider back in the big chair in 2023. I'm, I'm all for having Schneider. It's not for me, it's not fair. He comes <clears throat> he comes into a team that's already been worked. I mean, he's got to start with a new with a new season. He's got to be there in spring training. He's be there in the mm-hmm. first couple weeks of the year to feel things there. I think it's on it's a hard thing to do and coming in and replace. And um, I've, to be honest, I forgot all about Charlie Montoya. I won't even <laughs> lie to you. I do hope he lands on his feet. But He's doing however, fine. He's um, doing fine. 
It's, I, I, yeah, they make millions of dollars, Jesse. He's yeah. fine. I'm not worried. But again, uh, Schneider coming into this club with what we had, and I felt like he came into a pretty good team. These are players he worked with. Like I'm comfortable with it. Obviously, like he's 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 not he's not a Tommy Lasorda. He's not a Sparky Anderson. He's not a household name yet. Is he going to be? We don't know, but he's certainly dealing with young players who he they he groomed in the minor leagues. So, and I like that. I like that story. Everyone comes up together. Mm -hmm. I'm really, I really hope to see John Snyder with the full manager tag on his chest next year because he well on deserves it. Winning the World Series in his first year as manager of the Blue Jays will go a long way into cementing himself into Major League history lore. And Riley, Aaron Judge hit home run number sixty-one. It's cool to see. I know we both. At least I know for me, and I don't think you do either, consider that the official home run record. Um, but it is still an American League record, and it is kind of cool to see him do it at Rogers Center. So got a quick thought on Aaron Judge uh, tying that thing? Yeah, um, and I won't even be sarcastic about it. Aaron Judge is having uh, probably one of the best offensive seasons since Miguel Cabrera's triple crown. Let's be mm -hmm. honest with each other, Jesse. There's a chance of a triple crown here. Um, yep. Do I think he's going to get it? I have no idea, man. It depends. I think, the, obviously, home runs at RBI, so it depends on the batting average right. aspect, which he is st he's still got a really good shot at it. I think it's well-deserved. I mean, I won't gloat the Yankees too much because they're the Yankees, but I mean, the American all-time American League home runs record, that's a big tag, man. And I mean, it belonged to Babe Ruth, it belonged to Roger Maris, and it's very good chance I'd put money on it that it's now going to belong to Aaron Judge. So that's three Yankees over the course of 100 years, Jesse. I mean, that's, that's pretty crazy. But yeah, as far as Major League goes, I mean, McGuire, Sosa, Bonds, don't care. They're the top three yeah, moving on. Yeah. yeah, I mean, steroids Steroids are not – people don't realize that they – that baseball saved MLB baseball. So you talk about baseball. So you know what? They did what they had to do to shame him from Cooperstown. I don't care. I, we'll, we'll leave it at that, Jesse. We'll mm -hmm. leave it at that. Makes sense. Um, we don't really have time to preview the series against Boston, but we talked a lot about what we want to see in this series. We want to see the Blue Jays play smart, play good, and keep winning games to get that top wild card spot. But that'll do it for episode here today. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Be sure to like and subscribe uh, to the video and share on all those podcast streaming platforms. We're still looking for another host to join our show. So if you are interested, you want to join the banter, or you, have, you just want to hang out with Riley, I couldn't blame him. Good guy to hang out with. Um, feel free to come on. Send us some messages message and we'll uh, see if we get you on the show here but Riley anything else to add before we get out of here today no we're um we're playing the Red Sox a team that's been crumbling I think this is a great point in the year for us to really to really get down the fundamentals again not make mistakes out there let's let's get out of the series clean and let's not let's limit our mistakes I don't care about the flashy stuff let's just limit mistakes let's bring it back to earth six games left Jesse we're in a great spot brother We'll be back for one more episode left of the regular season before we do our playoff preview, Riley. Ooh, pressure time. I hope you're nervous. I'm nervous. That's it. Thanks, guys.